welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 16 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Monday, last Monday before Christmas, hoping that everybody's having a happy holiday season, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, I hope you're having a joyous and wonderful holiday season. Hope you got all your your, uh, present shopping done. Uh, I just got mine done over the weekend, so I am good to go for the holidays. It's going to be an unusual Christmas for yours truly. This is the first Christmas in my 29 years of living that I have not gone home to be with my family or been with my family at any point in time. Uh, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to be all alone on Christmas to quote the Darlene Love song. Uh, it's going to be unusual, but, um, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to watch a lot of NBA on Christmas, uh, which I'm, we're going to preview on today's episode. Uh, I'm going to watch the Saints Vikings game. I'm looking forward to that on Christmas as well. There's some movies coming out on Christmas too. Um, Wonder Woman 84 is coming to HBO Max. So I'm pretty excited about that one too. And Soul, the Disney Pixar movie, uh, that looks really good. That's also coming out on Christmas. So, um, instead of going to movies in the theaters this year, I guess we'll all be streaming, uh, because that'll be, obviously things are a little different this year due to the pandemic but um yeah some good movies coming out it should be a good christmas no matter what i know i I wish i was going home but i'm gonna make the most of the situation this is our last episode before christmas i will not be doing an episode on christmas because i don't want to bombard you on my on the holidays uh with my podcast i feel like that would be kind of unfair so uh this will be the last episode before christmas probably gonna do an episode next monday to recap everything that happened over the christmas um weekend um, but yeah, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today on today's episode. We've got NFL recap. We've, as usual, we've got our NFL week 15 recap. The Jets won a game. Should they have won a game? That's a whole other debate, but the Jets did win their first game of the season. Uh, Giants looked pretty awful on Sunday night football. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Plus some other storylines from around the NFL. We'll recap every game as we do, at least the ones that I saw. We'll recap every game as we always do, um, then we will be previewing the NBA, the first couple of games of the NBA slate, the opening night game. The first game of the season is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Golden State Warriors. Um, so as you know, I'm not a Nets fan in any way, shape, or form, so I'm rooting for Golden State hardcore in that matchup. But we'll preview that, and we'll talk about some of the um, the first couple games of the season. And the Christmas slate, we'll go through all the games that are being played on Christmas and uh, who I think is going to win. And then I've got a new special segment for you guys, a really just in time for the holidays. A special segment time called Story Time, or alternatively titled I Got a Story to Tell. I can't I really can't decide between the two. I, I the name Story Time is kind of basic and generic. I feel like I got a story to tell is a little less generic, plus it comes from a notorious B.I.G. song, so I feel like it kind of fits my who I am a little bit better. But um, either way, when I was recording this this story, it was called Story Time. So if I refer to it as Story Time during the story, that's why. Um but I do tell an excellent tale, uh, the story of how I got to Washington, D.C. in my first couple of days working for this um, interesting sales company, so to speak. Um, you'll hear all about it. If you don't know the story of uh, the first company I worked for in Washington, D.C., uh, buckle in because it's an interesting story. It's an interesting ride. So we've got a great show for you guys. Why don't we just jump right into it? I feel like I've been introducing the podcast long enough now. Uh, let's jump into it with a little NFL Week 15 recap. I know I traditionally go in order based on when the games were played uh, when I do the NFL recap week by week, but I feel like this week I have to start with both New York football teams because they both absolutely 
I don't even know how to describe what happened like yesterday with New York football. Uh, we'll start with the Jets, who won. That should be a good thing, right? When you win a football game, that's a good thing. You're supposed to be happy, and you're supposed to be celebrating when you win a football game, especially when it's your first win of the year. But yesterday, the Jets shot themselves in the foot, folks. And only It's a very typical Jets thing to do. When you're that close to the number one pick, when you're that close to a generational, once-in-a-lifetime type talent, the probably the best quarterback prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck coming through the prospect, and to win, to win a football game against the Rams, I don't even know how to describe it. I, if I'm a Jets fan today, and I've talked to a few of them, um, for example, I texted Charlie Ferullo. Charlie Ferullo is a huge Jets fan. Um, and I, after, as soon as the Jets won, the first thing I texted him was, wow. And he responded, he knew exactly what I was talking about. He responded with, I don't know how to feel. And, I mean, how do you feel if you're a Jets fan? Yes, you won a game. You're not going to be 0-16, which I think would have been really embarrassing. I asked Charlie that last night. I was like, would you have rather, would you have rather gone 0-16 and have that label of being an 0-16 team up there with the Browns and the Lions teams, the 0-8 Lions, I believe, and the 2017 Cleveland Browns, if I'm not mistaken, are the only teams to go 0-16. I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team in the 70s went 0-14. And Charlie said, I mean, he's, he is happy that they, they aren't going to go 0-16, but they just lost out on Trevor Lawrence, man. They just lost out on tre a once-in-a-generation big-time quarterback. And this, is, this could be something... That sets the Jets back a long time. I was listening this morning. Uh, you know, part of the reason I'm a little late to recording this morning is because I, I was working out this morning. And um, when I, while I was working out, I was listening to DCR, which is uh, Dave Rothenberg, Chris Canty, and Rick DiPietro. It's on ESPN New York uh, in the mornings, and it's a good show. And um, they were talking about how this is a devastating loss. This is a devastating win for the Jets because they went from having their choice of any head coach. Any head coach would want to work with Trevor Lawrence when he comes into the NFL. To now, they have they're going to be have the second pick, and who are they going to get? Justin Fields? That's not nearly as exciting as Trevor Lawrence. They even said that Mike Tannenbaum, who was the former GM of the New York Jets, came onto their show last week, and when they asked him who was better between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, he laughed. That's the type of player the Jets just missed out on, folks. By winning this game. And Jacksonville Jaguars are probably going to end up with the number one pick now. They, I was reading they have a 74% chance of landing the number one pick because of the Jets win yesterday. This is something only the Jets would do, right? This is very typical New York Jets. Very typical New York Jets to win a football game. And if I'm one of their fans, I'm pissed this morning. I want... I, Yeah, I probably didn't want to go 0-16 and have that stigma. But at the same time, Trevor Lawrence would have changed the franchise possibly more than any player since Joe Namath. It's been that long for the New York Jets. They have been waiting a very long time for their franchise savior. They thought it was Mark Sanchez. It wasn't. They thought it was Sam Darnold. It's not. Sorry, it's not. I know he won yesterday, but Sam Darnold is not their franchise savior. Trevor Lawrence would have been that franchise savior for the New York Jets. Now, I'm not saying it's over yet. Jacksonville still has two games left against the Colts, or I'm sorry, the Bears first, the Chicago Bears, and the Colts. If they win one of those games, the Jets get the number one pick again. 
but I don't see that happening. You know, the Bears won yesterday. The Bears are looking good. Mitchell Trubisky is actually playing very well right now. So I expect them to beat Jacksonville. Indianapolis is a playoff team that is likely still going to have something to play for in Week 17. Jacksonville's not winning a game in those last two games. It's just not happening. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head who the Jets' last two games are against. I know the last game of the season is against the New England Patriots. They play the Browns next week. The Browns, who the Giants just played last night. We'll talk about the Giants in just a second. But um, the Jets will play the Browns next week, and I, I have a feeling the Browns are probably going to win that game. Uh, and now that the Patriots have been eliminated from contention in the reg- in from playoff contention, um, I I don't see any way they're they're going to let the Jets win that game. Or or yeah, so the Jets are probably going to lose these last two games, and the Jaguars are probably going to lose these last two games. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Wow, all because the Jets decided they needed they just needed to beat the Rams on Sunday, December twentieth. Hard to believe, folks. Bad loss for the Rams, too. Bad loss for the Rams, too. We thought they were legit one of the best teams in the NFC West. One of the best teams in the NFC. And to lose a game like that, that's a bad loss for the Rams. So, sorry. I know I'm not going in order like I traditionally do, but I really had to start with the Jets beating the Rams because it's costly for the Jets and just really a bad, bad win for them. And they should honestly be really frustrated with themselves for winning that game today. I know you try and, you know, I know a former Jets head coach once said, you play to win the game. But still, in this case, you got to play to get Trevor Lawrence. And uh, the Jets did not do that. I mean, we saw Greg Williams do that, and that's what cost him his job. And um, unfortunately, the Jets were won this game, and uh, it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them dearly. This is a franchise-altering win for the Jets. On to the Giants game last night, and um, I, you know this game was terrible. <laughs> Just an awful, awful football game uh, between the Browns and the Giants. Um, yeah, I I was um, really disappointed. I mean, Colt McCoy, I thought. Let's start with the opening drive. I thought Colt McCoy looked good. He was connecting with Shepard. He was connecting with Slayton. He was he was looking good on that opening drive. But then they get to fourth down, and they run the most bizarre fake punt I've probably seen since that that Patri- that Colts Patriots fake punt a few years ago. Remember that play where the Colts had only like one offensive lineman, and they had the punter snap the ball. What a weird play that was. Well, this was a very similar play. Riley Dixon was under center with only two other offensive linemen around him, and he threw into triple coverage to the center, and of course it was incomplete. And I, I at that point, I was just like, what the hell was that? What are you doing, Giants? What are you doing? Are you trying to win the NFC East right now? Washington lost yesterday. This was a golden opportunity to t- take first place back which is what they had before these last couple of weeks. But now the Giants go out there and they put up another anemic offensive performance against the Browns. Um, Cleveland's just a better team. I think we all knew Cleveland was probably going to win going into this matchup. Even myself, um, I I knew that Cleveland was probably the better team overall. But, um, yeah, just boring offensive performance from the Giants. Lifeless. They got nothing done from Colt McCoy on this game depressing almost and to think that your options are now Daniel Jones who's thrown eight touchdowns and nine interceptions this year and has not looked good in his sophomore year or Colt McCoy who I was high on I was very high on Colt McCoy before this this past week but it's really you know it's just a shame I and I'm probably the Giants are going to fall short in the NFC East 
Um, Washington has an easier schedule these last two weeks of the season. They're probably not going to lose their last two games. Um, today, or see, yesterday was the day to pick up ground if the Giants were going to do it uh, because they knew that Washington was playing Seattle. And um, they thought they could pick up ground, but uh, they absolutely they, they did not. And another demoralizing loss, and they probably have another one coming up on uh, next Sunday against Tim's Ravens. Uh, I'm not confident going into that game. I don't know any Giants fan that is confident going into that game. Um, it's it's going to probably be another loss, probably going to be three in a row at the worst possible time. You don't want to be losing games at this point in the season, especially when you're contending for a, uh, a division title. But um, at this point, I think it's probably Washington's to lose. I hate to say it. It really makes me sick to say it. But um, Washington has the easier schedule the last two games of the season. I don't see the Giants making up the ground. Really, where they lost it was when they lost to Arizona last week. You know, you were all fired up after that win against Seattle on the West Coast, and then you come back to MetLife Stadium and to have a stinker of a game like that one against Arizona, and then to follow it up the next week with another stinker of a game and just awful play calling. Freddie Kitchens um, clearly showing why the Browns let him go. Um, with that, play, some of the play call in that game for the Giants. Um, I mentioned on the la- on Friday's episode that Kitchens would be making the play calls for the Giants um, because Jason Garrett tested positive for COVID nineteen. He's out for he was out for this game, and clearly the team missed Jason Garrett because some of those fourth down play calls, like like the Riley Dixon play and the uh, and another play where Gallman was stopped short on fourth down early as well um really momentum shifters in this game for the giants and um really just bad loss bad loss in a series of just bad losses for the giants uh so we have the jets getting bad wins we have the giants with bad losses um new york football once again is a mess and um, don't come at me with a buffalo won their division new york football's doing great i don't care about the bills I'm from New York City, baby. We don't care about the Bills in New York City. We, we're we not Western New York. We're not upstate New York. We don't care about the Bills. We, I, Congratulations to the Bills on their division title. But I don't care about the Bills. The Bills destroyed. Let's, now let's move into recapping some of the other games. The Bills absolutely destroyed the Broncos in a game that wasn't even close uh, on Saturday football. Um, 48 to 19, an absolute demolition. And um, Buffalo wins their division for the first time since 1995. Uh, we were talking about, like, I remember um, in our group chat, uh, the Sports on the Hill group chat, um, Ken DC's people champ Washington said he was 13 when he was when the Bills last won their division in 1995. I don't think you want to know how old I was. I don't want to make people feel old, but I don't think you want to know how old I was in 1995. Uh, it was it was not that old, that's for sure. Uh, but congratulations to the Bills. I know I just kind of shit on you a little bit by saying that you're you're not a New York team. You're not a New York City team, okay? You're a New York State team, sure. You play in New York State, but you're not a New York City team. And before people say, the Giants and Jets don't play in New York City, they play in New Jersey. Well, they play in the New York metro area. I consider the New York area all one. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, the tri-state, it's all one to me. So I consider all those teams New York teams. Even the Devils are kind of a New York team. So um, after that, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, once again with another MVP performance um, in a close game. It was a good game against the Panthers, but I still think Aaron Rodgers, you know, 26 of 29 or 20 of 29, 143 yards. Um, Aaron Jones had a nice game as well. Uh, the Packers got the win in this one. Um, 
cruising towards yet another um, playoff appearance as Green Bay, and I think ultimately an MVP performance uh, from Aaron Rodgers. Um, there's really only a couple games I was playing really close attention to, um, to be honest with you, over the rest of the way. Yesterday I was watching Red Zone, but um, only a few games really caught my eye um, yesterday. So we'll start with the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Um, I was a little surprised. I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised. So Tom Brady came back from a lead against the Falcons. Color me shocked. That, I mean, a 17-point deficit. And Tom Brady, the GOAT, who's already done this against the Falcons. He's come back from a 25-point deficit against the Falcons. You're going to tell me he can't come back from a 17-point deficit against the Falcons? Come on. Of course he's coming back from that type of deficit. It's no shocker at all. So um, Tom Brady puts on another vintage performance for the Buccaneers, who I think are heading towards the playoffs. 390 yards passing for Brady, two touchdowns. Fournette had two touchdowns as well for the Bucs. Um, kind of funny, you know, Atlanta, it's just, Atlanta cannot hold leads to save their lives. Um, it's very frustrating to watch if you're a Falcons fan for sure. But um, Tom Brady once again comes back on your team. I'm sure that's got to piss a lot of Falcons fans off for sure. But um, a good win for the Buccaneers, who, like I said, I think will be a playoff team. Uh, 49ers, Cowboys, don't care, honestly. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on there. Titans, Lions as well. Derrick Henry had a nice game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had five touchdown passes in this game uh, to help me beat Brian Brito. Uh, yes, we had a Brian versus Brian matchup for fifth place in our uh, Impractical Fantasy Football League. Uh, and uh, I won because Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry had such a great day and also because Brian Brito appears to have completely given up on the season. So uh, sorry to Brian Brito for that. All right, the next game I'm going to mention is the Patriots-Dolphins game because um, the Dolphins won this game like I, I thought they would. I picked them yesterday on, on Monday's show. Um, but um, I just want to shout this game out because this ends a very long playoff streak for the Patriots. 11 straight years in the postseason for New England. And that is – it's officially over. Um, it's the end of an era. Um, I kind of had a feeling it might come to an end this year, honestly. Um you know, I, I, they did, they never honestly looked that strong with Cam Newton at court. I don't think it's Cam Newton's fault, but they just never seemed to click as a team as a whole this year. And clearly, the loss of Tom Brady hurt them. I'm not saying you know Bill Belichick's obviously a great coach, but I really feel like not having Tom Brady um, hurt the Patriots a lot this season. Um, so that was obviously um, losing him was definitely difficult. Um, and um, you know, I, we'll see how the Patriots go next offseason, who their quarterback's going to be. Because they're kind of in that no-man's land. And what are they now, like 6-8? and eight? They're, They could finish like 6-10 and 10 and end up with some a decent pick. Or they could end up, they, I think they'll finish probably 7-9 and nine and still end up with a decent pick. It'll be interesting to see what the Patriots decide to do um, this upcoming offseason. They have a lot more questions than answers, I feel. Um, so we'll see for the first time ever, the six time Super Bowl champion Patriots, they have a lot more questions than answers. It's an unusual time in Foxborough, very unusual. So, um, we, we will see what happens, but congratulations to the Dolphins who are still pressing for a playoff spot. I've talked about Tua and how much I'm a fan of his, um, how I really like the lefty and hope he, uh, keeps, keeps balling out and keeps doing a great job, uh, for the Dolphins down there in Miami. Um, 
yeah, we'll see what happens with the Dolphins in their playoff hunt the rest of the way. Uh, Seahawks versus Washington. Um, Seahawks won. I don't think that's too surprising. It was a pretty close game, and I'm sure Washington feels good after playing you know, one of the best teams in football, the Seahawks, who are fighting for a bye now after the Saints lost this week. Um, I'm sure Washington's feeling good after um, after fighting tooth and nail with the Seahawks. But um, Haskins clearly isn't the answer. He played terrible yesterday. Another bad game for Dwayne Haskins. J.D. McKissick played well for Washington football. But um, Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited again, does it once again for the Seahawks. I have to give a shout-out to Fox, by the way. I don't think it was – I think it was just this game. But they debuted this, like, new camera thing in the end zone, um, which as a sports broadcasting geek uh, kind of thrilled me a little bit. Um, it was super clear. It was like super high definition. It looked great on my TV. I have a big screen TV and it looked really great on my 58 incher. So, um, if it looked great there, I'm sure it looks great everywhere. Um, it it was really cool to see up close and personal. That was probably the highlight of the game for me was that, um, was that camera angle from, uh, the Washington football team, Seattle game that Fox put out, out, but, um, yeah, you know, I think this is a good win for Seattle. It kind of slows down Washington's momentum after those four straight wins. Um, Ravens crushed the Jaguars. Not a whole lot to say there. We all knew that would happen. Jacksonville, though, it was a good day for them because the Jets won. And now they are, um, once again, in further contention for the number one pick. Um Eagles Cardinals Jalen Hurts I think played really well for the Eagles in this game uh it was a good duel between him and Kyler Murray two first round pick quarterbacks um but yeah uh, I Cardinals win this game overall um DeAndre Hopkins played really well nine catches 169 yards one touchdown he was really good for the Arizona Cardinals in this game um and um they get the win they fight their playoff speed spot um a couple games I didn't mention. I didn't mention the Texans and the Colts. Honestly, I don't remember a whole lot about that game. Don't remember a whole lot about 49ers, Cowboys, or Lions, Titans. So I'm just going to skip those games. Or Bears, Vikings as well. Uh, my roommate's a Bears fan, and he was pretty fired up they won. But I still think their season's just about over. Um, it'll be close the rest of the way. But um, I think more teams. Or I think there are more teams fighting for the wild card spot now in the NFC West, especially after that Rams loss um, this to the Jets. Um, and Chief Saints was the big game of the week, and um, I would say this game lived up to the hype. It was really close, and, you know, I thought the, the Saints were probably in a lot of trouble um, when Michael Thomas was out for this game. Um, when I saw that he was going to be played, Michael Edgley was also not happy about that when he found out that Michael Thomas was going to be out for this game. But the Saints hung well. Drew Brees started out terrible in this game, but he really turned it around. He was 15 of 34, 234, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, I watched this game with Michael Edgley yesterday, and even he was kind of like, he wasn't happy that the Saints lost, but he was okay. He was okay with it. Like he was kind of accepting of it. And um, yeah, so the Saints lose this game, but the Chiefs get another win, uh, proving once again I think that they are the best team in the AFC. They will probably more than likely be the top seed in the AFC once again. Um, and uh, well, actually, last year they weren't the top seed in the AFC. They were the Ravens were. And uh, the Chiefs actually got lucky because the Ravens were knocked out by the Titans. Um, but the Chiefs went on a great run last year, coming back in every game they played. Um, the Chiefs are a great team, and um, we will see what happens with them the rest of the way. Um, Mahomes looks like he got back in MVP form, another three-touchdown game uh, after that stinker of a game he had against Miami, even though they won. Um, but, yeah, this was a good win for the Chiefs as well. Um, 
I think th- I think they're the best team. I think they're the best team in football just as a whole, and I think they're pressing hard for back-to-back, and I think that there's a good chance they get it. I'm not going to say they're definitely going to get it for sure, but um, I-, I think there's a good chance the Chiefs will end up going back-to-back uh, this season. All right, so I think that's enough NFL talk uh, for this week. Uh, I think we've recapped. I'm sorry I didn't pay attention to some of those games, but th- in fairness, do you really care about the Lions and the Titans? I mean, other than Ryan Tannehill for the fantasy points, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot to say. And 49ers-Cowboys, I hate both of those teams. So why do I like? Why am I going to talk about that game? I don't really don't care about either of those teams. I especially hate the Cowboys, who won the game. So, um, and by the way, the Cowboys are now not too far behind the Giants for um, in the NFC East. So um, great, awesome, love to see that. Just love it. Um, yeah, it was a good weekend of NFL football. A lot, a lot happened this week, and um, as you heard, I'm pretty fired up about the Jets getting, you know, winning that game. I, I don't, don't think it makes any sense to me. And plus, that Giants loss was just so frustrating. There's a lot pissing me off this week in the NFL. A lot pissing me off this week in the NFL, and I'm, I felt like I needed to rant about it. And thank you for listening to my crazy ramblings. All right, I think that's enough NFL talk. Why don't we move into a little NBA talk as we preview the first couple of games of the season? We'll start. I'll tell you what the games are, and then I'll tell you what how I think they're going to go, basically. And um, then we will talk about the Christmas games since we won't be doing an episode on Christmas. And uh, I will go rapid fire who I think is going to win the Christmas games. Coming up next. Alright, the preseason is over. The NBA tips off on Tuesday, December 22nd, tomorrow. I can't wait, even though I'm not a big fan of any of the teams involved on Tuesday's slate of games. We do have some interesting ones. We've got the Warriors versus the Nets to start off the season, 7 o'clock on TNT. And then we've got the Clippers and the Lakers following it up, 10 o'clock on TNT. Both very sexy matchups. I think they thought the Warriors-Nets matchup would be a little bit better on paper when Klay Thompson was um, was going to play, but obviously now he suffered a season-ending injury. And obviously, once again, our thoughts and um, our thoughts just to go out to Klay Thompson. Um, hope he gets well soon. Um, don't wish that on anybody. That type of injury. But I will say, I, I've, I've said before on this podcast, I think Kelly Oubre, who I saw when he was on the Wizards, and who I saw when he was going through the bubble with Phoenix. Um, he will be a nice player for the Warriors, I think, replacing Klay Thompson. Um, I think, overall, this will be a good game. And I think Oubre will be a big part of it. I think he and Curry will work well together. I'm not saying they'll have... To ask them to have the same type of chemistry is arguably one of the most dynamic duos in the history of the NBA, Steph and Clay, is asking a lot. But I think that they could possibly do it. Brooklyn has a 69% chance of winning according to ESPN.com, 69.2 to 30.8. That's a little surprising. I feel like it'd be a little closer than that. Are you really hyping up the Nets that much that you're really going to pick them that much more over the Warriors? We're talking about Golden State, a talented team here. We're talking about a talented Golden State team here. I think this is going to be a good game. The Nets are a good team, obviously. Um, they got they're getting Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant on the court together for the first time, and that'll make this worth watching. I'm going to be interested to watch this for sure. Um, this just should be a really good game. Um, just to see the dynamic duo, the Kyrie, Kevin Durant duo, um, go in action together after you know waiting since 
since that day, since July 2019, when they signed together. it's We've been waiting since then for this duo to play together. And here we are. It's finally about to happen against Durant's old team, no less, the Golden State Warriors. Forgot about that aspect as well. Durant is playing his old team. I'm going to go with the Nets in this game. Uh, I hate to do it. I hate to pick Brooklyn, but they are the better team um, overall, I think, on paper at least. Um, I think it'll be a close matchup. I think it'll be a high-scoring matchup in the upper – like it'll be a 100-plus point scoring matchup for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Harris hits a couple big shots for the Nets as well in this game. Um but I'll go with Brooklyn in that one. And then the Clippers-Lakers matchup, um, the um, the Tuesday, the second TNT game on Tuesday. There are only two games on Tuesday night to start the season, and one of them is Clippers-Lakers. And, um, you know, the Clippers are coming off that loss. I want to see how Ty Lue does as head coach. They're coming off that loss to Denver in the playoffs. I want to see how Ty Lue does as head coach. Um Mike Edgley, you know, the master of hot takes himself, he said that he did not think Ty Lue was a very good head coach and wasn't particularly happy when the Clippers signed him. Even though Ty Lue is an NBA champion, I kind of agree with Mike because LeBron did all the heavy lifting on that championship um, to get Cleveland their first ring uh, ever and um, to come back from 3-1 in the NBA Finals against a great Golden State team, a 73-win Golden State team. So... Um, Lou is an interesting choice, and plus, you know, they just signed Paul George to a huge extension. They, they signed Serge Ibaka. The Clippers are an interesting team. Lakers are a three-point favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers take this one overall. I think this is a close, down-to-the-wire battle. It's in Staples Center. I think it's a Lakers home game, technically. Um, but the Lakers are still the champions. They've still got LeBron James. They've still got Anthony Davis. I kind of like the Lakers going into this one. So my picture of the first two games of the season are the Nets and the Lakers. Now I'm just going to rapid firely go through the games on Wednesday, December 23rd. We've got the Knicks and the Pacers. Knicks first game of the season. I'm very excited, even though they're probably going to lose to Indiana. Hornets Cavaliers, Heat Magic, Wizards 76ers. I know my friends are excited about that one. Bucks Celtics. That's a good game on TNT on Wednesday night. Uh, Pelicans Raptors, Hawks Bulls. Thunder Rockets, Spurs Grizzlies, Pistons Timberwolves, Kings Nuggets, Jazz Trailblazers, and then Maver Maverick Suns is on ESPN. That's a late, late game, 10.30 p.m. on December 23rd. And then we've got a day off, and then finally we get to the Christmas slate of games. You know, the English Premier League in soccer has always kind of had a clamp on Boxing Day. And there's always kind of been soccer on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. Well, the NBA is doing its best job to clamp down on Christmas and make the NBA, Christmas the NBA's day. And they've done such a great job of that. Um, I'll just go through the games who I think is going to win really quickly. The first game of the day is Pelicans Heat. Um, the Heat obviously are coming off that trip to the conference finals, that great run through the bubble. I think they're just a more talented squad led by Bam Adebayo and guys like that. Although I will be excited to see Zion Williamson play in this game uh, after kind of a condensed rookie season. They said the training wheels are off for Zion, so I'm very excited to see that. Um, so I think it'll be a good game, but I'm going with Miami Heat to win that first Christmas Day game at noon. Uh, Warriors Bucks is another good one. Um, this could have been a this could have been a finals matchup in 2019, but the Bucks blew a 2-0 lead to Toronto. Toronto ended up going to the finals and beating Golden State. Uh, Milwaukee's a seven point favorite. I think that sounds about right. Uh, Giannis is just going to continue to enforce his will and be one of the best players in the NBA. Um, I I would be I would you know I think 
they'll probably win pretty easily. I think Milwaukee's actually got this one pretty easily in the bag. Um, they are a better team than the Warriors, but I think it'll be good. I think we'll see what happens. Net Celtics. This is the interesting one because this is Kyrie Irving's return to the Boston Garden. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that's exciting for sure. We saw um, during a preseason game they returned to the Boston Garden just a few days ago, and Kyrie was lighting sage and burning sage throughout the TD Garden to like spread va- to get rid of bad vibes. We'll see if that holds over going into. Um, this anticipated matchup with the Celtics. The Nets won that preseason game, but it's the preseason, so who really gives a damn? Um, I think the Celtics, you know, because they're at home, Brooklyn's a one-point favorite, but I think this game's a toss-up. Um, two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference for sure. Celtics led by Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Um, the young core. I don't know if Kemba Walker. I heard that Kemba Walker was hurt, but I could be wrong. Um, I'll have to look that up. But um, that would be a big loss for the Celtics if he was. This is a toss-up type game. Um, I'll go with the Celtics just because I don't like the Nets. I don't like the Celtics much either, but I really don't like the Nets. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Boston Celtics in this one on Christmas. I'll be watching all these games. By the way, I'm, I'm gonna be watching all these games nonstop throughout Christmas. Like this is my plan for Christmas: is watching these games. How depressing is that? I'll probably go for a walk or something at some point too. But all I want to do, all to quote Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is the NBA. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm looking forward to. Mavericks Lakers uh, is the next game on the Christmas slot uh, docket. That is an eight o'clock start time Eastern time. Um, we'll see what the Mavericks can do after um, that. You know, nice run through the bubble. They, you know, that incredible shot by Luca against the Clippers. They lost that series, but that shot will live in infamy. Or I don't know what's Fummy, I guess, is uh, the opposite of infamy. Um, that was a legendary shot by Luka Doncic. And uh, I, like I said on the NBA preview edition, I am picking Luka to win MVP this season. So um, I'm going to stick with that. But as a whole, Lakers are a better team. Um, they're the defending champions, and they're just more talented. So I'm picking the Lakers in this matchup. Um, should be a good game, though. I hope Luka has a big game on the national stage, kind of similar to what he did during the bubble, uh, would be good for sure. And then Clippers-Nuggets is the last game in the rematch of you know a, a great playoff series that Denver came back from 3-1 down. The Clippers had the lead in game 5, 6, and 7, and they lost all three. Uh, embarrassing loss for the Clippers, who are probably going to want to show to the world that they are better than the Nuggets. I don't know. I'm going to pick an upset here, folks. You, you heard it here first. I'm picking the Denver Nuggets. Even though the Clippers are favored, I am going to pick Denver um, just because I feel like they still have the momentum after that. That was only a few months ago. That was only in September that that happened. So I feel like they still have the momentum, excuse me, to be better than the Clippers. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the Clippers. I'm sorry, I'll go with the Nuggets. I want to see um, Jamal Murray. I don't think there's an All-Star game this season. In fact, there isn't an All-Star game this season. They canceled the whole All-Star weekend. But uh, if there was one, I would expect Jamal Murray to be an All-Star because he is that good. He hasn't been one yet, but he's definitely building towards a great NBA career alongside his partner, Jokic. So um, I, I think uh, Jamal Murray is building something special. He's a great player. And Jokic is just a beast. I mean, we've never seen a big like a big man with his skills is just rare in this league. And um, he He's just an absolute monster out there sometimes. So I love watching Jokic play. I love watching the Nuggets play. 
You heard it here first, folks. They are going to beat the Clippers. So those are my picks. Here are my picks for the uh, Christmas Day slate of games in the NBA. We've got the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, LA Lakers, Denver Nuggets. Those are my picks. And then for the first two games of the season, I'm going with the Nets and Lakers. Uh, those are Tuesday night games. So those are my picks for the NBA. And uh, let's go Knicks. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting season. Um it's going to be all young kids like R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin. But um, show me something good here, Tom Thibodeau and crew and the new uh, regime at the top of Madison Square Garden. Please show me something good. Give me something to be excited about as a Knicks fan because I have been waiting, obviously, my whole life. A lot of Knicks fans have been waiting our whole lives for something special, a special good team. And um, it's been disappointing the last uh, 20 years or so. So um, hopefully the Knicks can turn it around. Um, but we will see. So that's my um, my little NBA talk as we head into this season. Um, now it's time for story time. Or I got a story to tell. I'm still not 100% sure on the name. When I recorded this a few days ago, it was called Story Time. But now I've kind of been thinking about it. And I've been thinking maybe the name I Got a Story to Tell would be a little bit better. So let me know which, what you think would be the best name for the segment. Story Time or I Got a Story to Tell. And uh, whichever one gets the most... Um, respect or votes i guess um that's what i'll go with for future episodes for now because i already recorded it uh we'll go with story time i will warn you there was at one point where i did swear in this episode in this um story so um be prepared for that there is a little profane language it's not like it's not that bad but um i did swear a little bit um you know if you if you listen to this podcast you've heard me swear before but um yeah, uh, I think it's a great story. It's the story of how I got to D.C. It's a wild tale. Um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists and turns, some racism. Uh, buckle in for that. Not from me. Definitely not from me, but um, from one of the main characters in the story. So um, there's a lot going on in this story. So uh, buckle in for some story time. So with it being the holiday season, I figured it'd be time to uh, debut a new special segment we've got for you guys today. It's called Story Time, in which I'm going to be telling stories from my past, um, some sports related, some media related, some personal stories, um, and um, just just to give you a sense of you know kind of a, like a life story. I remember um, I was watching the Michael K show this whole spring and summer, and uh, he did a special segment called Tales from the Crib where he told stories from his past. Now, I don't have as much of a background or as illustrious of a background as Michael Kay does. I mean, he's he's also 30 years older than I am, so he's got more experience for sure. But I have some good stories for sure. And I don't think there's any better story I've ever told in my life uh, than how I moved to Washington, D.C. and how I moved to the DMV area. Uh, because it is a wild story, and uh, it takes many twists and turns. Um, but it all, it has a happy ending. And, um, so, uh, I think I'm going to get right into it and start this, uh, story time segment off by telling you the story of how I moved to Washington, D.C. So it all begins, let's say around Ju like June or July, 2017. Um, I have been very much looking for work, um, anywhere at the time I was living in New York with my parents, 
or at the time my dad was in Malaysia and my mom was living at home and uh, my sister was also so it was all kind of cramped with the three of us in this one apartment um, and it wasn't a whole lot of fun honestly so I was as much as I love my family I, I wasn't I really wanted to get out on my own again I was desperate to get out so I was applying to do all kinds of jobs anywhere and I had always wanted to live in DC I mean any of my friends can back up how much or how much I was dying to move to the DC area for a good portion of my life I really loved DC and I could always have pictured myself living there. So um, I apply, I did, I would say I applied to more jobs in DC than most places. So um, I ended up hearing from this sales company called Griffin Leadership Group. And um, what they did was they had me come down for a day, uh, for just one day. I went down to the DC area, I stayed with one of my friends, uh, shout out to Jay Adande. I stayed with him for the night and um, I interviewed and it seemed great. And they actually offered me a sales job right away. And um, so I was like, okay, cool. So I talked to my parents and they were like, we think you should do this. We think you should move out, get on your own, go back to go to DC. You know, you've always wanted to be there. So it would be a good fit for you. And, um, maybe this job will be fun. They offered me $400 a week, which at the time, I mean, I was working at a grocery store and making less than that in two weeks. So that sounded very good to me. So it all sounded really great. So I spent the next month kind of planning my relocation to the Washington DC area. Um, yeah, you know, figuring out where I'm going to live. I found an apartment in Silver Spring. I actually still, I don't live in that apartment anymore, but I live in the same apartment complex now. Um, and I had that, and so that was interesting too. I found an apartment in Silver Spring, even though the sales company was based in Huntington, Virginia, which is at the last stop of the yellow line on the Metro. So it would have been a long commute, but whatever. I was still pretty excited about the prospect. I was thinking about all the DC things I was going to do. Like I was going to go out to the bars. I was going to go down. I was going to go to the Nats games all the time. I was going to hang out with all my friends like Mike and, um, and Robbie and people like that. And, um, I thought it was just going to be a blast. And, um, so I, I end up moving down, uh, I believe it was Thursday, July 27th, 2017. Uh, if that's not a Thursday, I apologize, but, um, I, I get, I go down and I start the job the next day. Um, so I go in expecting this, this to be just like, you know, kind of like how most first days of your jobs are relatively easy, um, pretty straightforward. Don't really do a whole lot. Um, and that's not exactly what happened in this case. So what they did was they, um, had me come in and I thought I was just gonna be filling out paperwork and then I'd just get to go home. Uh, well they ended up having me fill out paperwork and then I ended up staying for eight hours to work in the field, which and and getting thrown right into the fire of going door to door which by the way they didn't mention they told me it was a sales job but they didn't tell me it was a door to door sales job which is a huge red flag to me that they refused to mention that i thought it would be like you know telesales like telemarketing over the phone but it ended up being a door to door sales job in huntington virginia which i guess is technically alexandria um so so i ended up spending a whole day in the field. And then on top of that, they told me that not only was my pay, the $400 a week they had promised me going to be on hold, my benefits that they had also promised me, such as healthcare and dental and all that good stuff, that was also, I was also told that was going to be on hold. So right off the bat, been there for less than five minutes um, and already getting significant, significant red flags. So um, like I said, they took me out into the field and I spent, um, eight hours and they brought they sat they shadowed me with this guy named ryan and ryan was an interesting character so to speak 
Um, he just never stopped talking, first off. like I've never seen somebody who just would not stop talking. He would go on and on and on and on and on. And he would also get very personal. So, like I said, we, we were going out into the field to shadow for our first eight days. And out of nowhere, he shouts at me, I got laid last night, man! Life is good, man! And I was like, okay congrats on the sex like how, how do you react when somebody really excitedly just tells you that they got laid i thought this was a little much honestly and then um on top of that you know on on the way he's like oh yeah you'll be fine as long as you use your car and i'm like well i don't have a car i told the company before i moved here that i don't have a car and he was like shocked that i wouldn't have a car or that i would accept this job without having a car so all these things that i was told during the interview process ended up not being true so then as i'm shadowing this guy this ryan character um he takes me to a house um it's a latino household um and he says to me before we go in when selling to minorities, I like to talk like them a bit. And I was like, are you, what? I was just, what the hell did you just say? And he was like, you'll see. And um, sure enough, we go to this house and he puts, I'm not going to do it. Because I'm, I'm also, not, I'm not a racist. But um, he put on an exe extremely, extremely thick and exaggerated Latino accent. That was just way over the top. I could say, uh, like, I have nothing but bad things to say about this Ryan character. Um, just a crazy human being. And a racist, too. Um, I, I don't know where that came from. And uh, not surprisingly, that family that he put on the thick Latino accent for, uh, they ended up going in a different direction with their cable services. In fact, I didn't see anybody. If, if I remember correctly, nobody bought it in the five days that I worked for this company. So, I can't believe I made it five days, too. Then on top of that, there was, like, the cult-like vibe of this place. So they had me dressed in a really nice suit. Like, I, I got my best suit for this thing. And when I got to the office, they had us all stand in a circle. And somebody would shout, hey, guys! And the rest of the crew would shout, yeah! And then he'd say, who's ready for games? And the crew would go, yeah, games! And um, we'd play these ridiculous, like, preschool games. I remember one time... I had to do, they asked me to do an impression of a water buffalo. Like, how the hell am I supposed to do an impression of a water buffalo? I've never, like, what, that, where, how's that even, where do you even get that from? And um, there were also, like, you know, we'd, we'd have, like, this conference, like, with another sales manager from out of town. He'd, like, do this video conference, and he said, like, the $15 minimum wage is bullshit. Like, we should never have anything like that in our country. Anybody who thinks that fast food workers should be making $15 an hour is absolutely ridiculous. And I just, I was, obviously, I think you know how I feel about that. I, I was not a huge fan of, of that particular person as well. Um... It's a little extreme. So there was just like a cult-like vibe. I felt like they were trying to make us to, to conform to them and to their beliefs. And it was just over the top. And like I said, we'd wear a suit to the office for like maybe an hour. And then they'd, we'd take off our suits and put on Verizon clothes and go door-to-door -door sales. Not what I signed up for. Definitely not what I signed up for at all. So um, so a couple days go by, and then I, I, I almost forgot about another crazy element. They told me when I applied for the job, it was a five-day-a-week job, Monday to Friday. When I get there, they changed it. It was Monday to Saturday, six-day-a-week job. And um, I, you know, I, I had trouble. You know, this was, like I said, this was my first days in D.C. 
Uh, I had trouble getting there because the metro was shut down on weekends, which I, I now, I, after three and a half years of living here, I know that's a pretty normal thing. But at the time, I was like coming from New York, and I was like, what kind of subway system closes down on the weekends? It made no sense for me. And I was, I was having trouble getting there all the time. And um, then on top of that, there was Ryan again. Ryan was, I basically shadowed Ryan for all of my five days there. And, um... He was just, he would just get worse and worse. Like he would say ridiculous things. Like I, I remember one time before we were about to go out into the field, he was like, let's get something to eat, man. And I was like, all right, well, I'm I, at the time I didn't have a whole lot of money because I had just spent all my money relocating to DC. And he was like, let's get something to eat, man. Let's go to five guys, man. And I was just like, uh, all right, well, I'll go with you, but like, I'm not particularly hungry. Um, not really, not really in the mood to eat right now. And, um, he, he, he dropped his whole happy guy facade. Like imagine a smiling face and then all of a sudden, boom, that face gets really serious. That's exactly what Ryan did. And all of a sudden he's like, Hey man, when I say you're going to eat, you're going to eat. I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Sorry to swear, but what the hell was that? I've never been talked to like that in my entire life. He's like, he's like, burrito bowls are only $7. Get one of them. I was like, silly, he was trying to make me conform to my ways. This guy was insane, like a complete psychopath. So then I'm coming to the end here of the story, but on my last day with the company, I, I spent, they made me go out into the field on my own. So I, like I said, don't have a car. So I went to the same 100 houses, basically, in four times, five times in a row, just walking door to door, making sure, trying to get people's attention. And most people told me to go away. But um, after, like, my fourth or fifth circuit, I get approached by a cop. And he's like, hey, do you have a permit to be soliciting in this area? And I said, no, I don't. And they're like, well, you need a permit to solicit in this area. So the fact that the company sent me out into the field without even a permit to do this is another huge red flag, another gigantic red flag. So at that point, my blood kind of boiled over. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I said to the cop, this is what I said to the cop. Look, man, I'm going to be honest with you. This job that I'm doing right now, this door-to-door -door sales job, it sucks. It's terrible. It's not what I signed up for. And I just started uh, five days ago, but I'm thinking about quitting. What do you think? When I said to the cop, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should, you know, quit and, you know, leave this company and maybe try and find something better in DC? Or what should I do? And the cop said to me, and I quote, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but the fact that I'm here issuing you a warning for soliciting without a permit isn't a good sign. I said, I agree. And I knew at that point, at that moment, that I was going to quit the next morning. I knew it was over from then on there. I talked to my parents when I got home, and they said, just do whatever makes you happy. Well, that's not exactly what they said, but they, they did. Um, they did. They, they, you know, when I told them everything that was going on with the company and all the red flags that I was getting, uh, they did support me leaving the company. So, um, so I, I ended up sleeping on it, and I just, and I, even though my decision had pretty much already been made, like I, I was not dealing with any more of this bullshit, and um, so I, I quit the next morning. I called Ryan, and I was just like, I'm not doing this, man. I'm, I'm quitting. Like, everything just seems ridiculous. This doesn't seem like the type of job that I want to do, and um, okay, and so that was it. Even though they did try and win me back, I actually got a call later that morning 
they were like, we heard you had some issues with the police, man. Like I said, everybody was so unusually excited and happy and upbeat. Even with situations like that, like, we heard about your run-in with the police, man. Like, I'm like, chill out. And they're like, give us a call back. I'm like, no, I will never call you back. I'm not dealing with this ever again. I am done with your company. So after five days, after relocating to Washington, D.C., on a Thursday, I was then unemployed on a Wednesday. So after five old days, I had to start from ground zero in Washington, D.C. After this crazy racist cult that um, I, I had to deal with. And um, it's probably the best decision I've ever made to leave that company. That company, Griffin Leadership Group, no longer exists. Um, it, I've actually looked it up several times. They don't even have a, uh, a Glassdoor page anymore, um, which is funny because I'll actually um, get into the I'll – I'll, I'll say why that's funny in just a minute. But this company is gone. Like it's completely gone, and it was, it was gone less than a year after I quit it. So there was clearly a lot of shady business practices going on with this company. And um, one thing that always kind of bugged me was that I never got paid. So after a while of, um, you know, waiting for my payments and like contacting them and not hearing anything, I started sabotaging their Glassdoor page. And I wrote this really long review saying, you know, they made us play games. Like there feels like a cult. This guy, Ryan was a racist. Like it, I started going through all that. And that was when they finally contacted me and they were like, they, they actually, they actually understood. They understood where I was coming from. They were like, we're sorry that you um, we're sorry that you had that experience with our company. Um, we'd like to offer you your payment that you owe for the five days that you worked. And um, that was it. I got the money from them and that was it. So, you know, in a weird way, I would like to thank this company, Griffin Leadership Group, for getting me to Washington, D.C. and getting me to the DMV area, which is, like I said, somewhere I've always wanted to live, a place I've always wanted to be a part of and to without griffin leadership group i probably don't meet friends like tim and arun and people like that who have been on this podcast so in many ways thank you to griffin leadership group for getting me to washington dc and getting making you know this city a huge part of my life and um yeah thank you for getting me there but you know not don't no thanks for the racism and um telling me you got laid and all that i no thanks for that um, it all worked out. I, after, um, after I left Griffin leadership group, less than a week, uh, less than a month later, I got a job with Starbucks. So I worked for them for a little bit. And then a little bit after that, I got employed by Sirius XM and I've been working with them for the last three and a half years. So it works out. There are positive endings to stories like that. I thought I was going to have to go right back to New York. I thought I was, this was never going to work. I thought it was only gonna be a one month thing in DC, but here I am three and a half years later. And I couldn't ask for anything more. Still living in the DMV area. I love New York, but DC has become home number two for me. Like this is such a great city. And, um, you know, I did end up, I did end up going to the bars and nationals games and all those awesome things that you can only do in DC. Um, and it's been a great, great to be a part of. And, uh, hopefully we'll see if there are many more years in the future. We'll see what happens with my future in DC. But, um, I just thought I wanted to share this, uh, pretty wild story people have come up to me in the past and said why don't you tell that story on an open mic night or something and i've thought about it i'm not really a stand-up comedian or something but i feel like people would really like the story especially with um with the part where they told where ryan told me he got laid uh, i feel like that would go over well at an open mic night 
But yeah, uh, that is it for the first edition of Storytime. I hope you enjoyed it. I've got plenty more stories in the book. So I was actually telling uh, my friend Pat Stein today that one story I want to tell is the night that Shay Shine got on SportsCenter. So that may be the next story from my tales from the crib, so to speak. Uh, from That's from my time at High Point. But I figured a good place to start would be with this story from DC. So I hope you enjoyed, and uh, thank you for listening. Wow. Now that's a story, isn't it? Bet you weren't ready for that. I bet you weren't ready for all the twists and turns that that story took. Uh, hope you enjoyed the first edition of Storytime slash I Got a Story to Tell. Uh, let me know which name you like more, and uh, that'll be the one I go with. Um, I kind of like I Got a Story to Tell, mostly because I love Biggie Smalls, and that's one of his best songs. But, um, yeah, uh, let me know which name that you like more. Uh, I have a couple shout-outs I want to give before we wrap up. Uh, I, first off... I, ha- I have to give a shout out to Shit's Creek because I finished it. Uh, like I said on the last episode, I watched the last four episodes on Thursday night and um, just a beautiful ending to a beautiful show that just made me feel so, you know, in a year that's been so negative and had so many downs and just bad things happening to everybody, not just myself, but just everybody um, in the world. You know, Shit's Creek was an absolute home run, huge positive for me this year. Um, show brought a huge smile to my face and I'm actually planning on watching it again for a second time because I, I loved it that much. It made me that happy. And, um, yeah, I'm glad I stuck with it. Um, it's such a funny show and I highly encourage everybody to, uh, go check out Shit's Creek. You'll learn how to fold cheese. So, um, if you want to learn how to fold cheese, check out Shit's Creek on Netflix right now. So I highly recommend that show. Um, just to continue with the running gag of me bringing up Shit's Creek every episode. Uh, I also want to give a shout out. I feel like this is long overdue seeing as we've done 16 episodes now. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Matt Wolf because he designed the official upon further review with Brian Brennan logo and did such a tremendous job. I didn't even ask Matt to do a logo. He just one day texted me out of the blue. was like, Hey, I created a logo for your show. Do you want to check it out? And it was, I think he did an amazing job. And, um, so if you live in the Portland, Oregon area, uh, and you need photography or graphic design or any type of work done, hit up Matt Wolf because that's where he lives. He lives in Portland and, um, he did a great job. He's just taken some pretty cool photos as well. I follow Matt on Instagram too. And, um, he posted these pictures, uh, this weekend of, um, a natural light hockey game, which was really cool. Um, it was played indoors, but they were able to use natural light from outside to play the hockey game. Now this was obviously from before the pandemic because there were people at the game, but it was still really cool to see. So, um, shout out to Matt Wolf for those awesome photos. Uh, so thank you again to everybody who listened to this episode. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listened to all 16 episodes so far. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, and the bonus episode with Tim. So really 17 episodes. Thank you for, um, listening to every episode. We really appreciate, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the love, the support I've been getting. And, um, Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, ha- happy Hanukkah. I didn't say that on the last episode, but happy Hanukkah to uh, everybody who celebrated Hanukkah as well, uh, the Festival of Lights. Um, and Merry Christmas to everybody who's going to be celebrating this upcoming Friday. Like I said, I don't think there will be an episode this Friday because I don't want to bombard you on Christmas with my podcast. But um, stay tuned for plenty more Brian Brennan content. There's a lot more on the way, a lot more on the horizon, and um, 
don't you don't want to miss it i have a feeling um we're going to be doing an episode on monday so we can recap all the nba action on christmas and uh all the nfl action as well uh as on week 16 um plus hopefully there's some major league baseball offseason news dj lemayhew the clock is ticking buddy we need you to resign soon um i realized i contradicted myself a little bit too because uh in the episode before i said um you know dj sign now well and then yes in the last episode i said um you know d let it play out and let it slow down but um obviously i want dj to sign as soon as possible but i understand why it's going slow that's just how the major league baseball offseason is like that's just how it's been going the last couple of years like we saw what happened with bryce harper and manny machado it appears that we're heading that way with dj lemayhew again i mean we thought maybe last year when cole strasburg rendon all signed around the same time that maybe uh that would be the end of that but it appears we're heading more towards a bryce harper manny machado type offseason this year so i just want to clarify my statements on that and i want to thank you for listening to this episode of upon further review with brian brennan and uh thank you again we will talk to you next time